Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Sports Extra, where for the first time in like a month, we get to talk about <laughs> two different teams. Who? College football, it does exist, the Wisconsin Badgers back in action. They're going to play at Michigan. We're going to talk about that. And also, we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers as they go to take on the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Let's start, though, by chatting about this Badgers game. They are back after a multi-week layoff. They played in week one, obviously had that big win against Illinois, and then we haven't seen them. It's been two weeks. We don't really know who's going to play, and that's <laughs> yeah. where I want to start here. Let's talk about the quarterback situation because it is the talk. The Big Ten has protocol in place that is a 21-day window from the time of a positive test to the time that you can be cleared to play football again. Based on reports and what we have learned from the Badgers, it appears that Graham Mertz is going to have the option to potentially play in this game, which means he either tested positive day of or immediately following that game against Illinois. So he could get cleared, but as of the last time that Paul Chris talked, which was yesterday on Thursday, there was not 100% clearance yet that Graham Mertz was going to be healthy and ready to play in this one. They were planning on him practicing a couple days. It did sound like it was trending in the direction that he would be available, but they would not commit to that. There was still some testing that had to go on physically. They had to see what he looked like. And you see what he did in this opener. It was one of the best college debuts, starting debuts that we've maybe ever seen. Graham Mertz, 20 of 21, 248 mm -hmm. yards, five touchdowns. I mean, he was the national story that week in week one and from the quarterback position. But here's where they're probably going to have to go. If it's not Graham Mertz, we'd likely have to fall down to the third stringer, which is Danny Vandenboom out of Kimberly. There's his stats for his career. One of one, three yards, and a touchdown. Now, based on the comments of Paul Christ, it appeared that Danny Vandenboom would have been the starter had they played one of these past two weeks. That didn't happen, so it looks like Graham Mertz should be back. I'm reading the tea leaves here, but obviously the two of you can weigh in on this. It is a, a huge difference in game planning and everything for the mm -hmm. Badgers based on if it's Graham Mertz or Danny Vandenboom. Yeah, well, based off of Graham Mertz's Instagram stories, counting down to this Michigan game, I think he is going to play tomorrow. I know Paul Christ said he's hopeful. I think if Paul Christ is hopeful, there's a definite chance that Graham Mertz is going to be starting this game tomorrow, in my opinion. Um, I forgot what, I was, what else I was going to say about Mertz, so Alec, chime in while I think about it. Well, it's as fun as it is to say, you know, things like here comes the boom in reference to Danny Vandenboom. I agree, though, with Carly on that. I do think uh, Graham Mertz will be the one under center tomorrow. And coming up later uh, in Sports Extra, I will explain why whoever is under center against this Michigan team, statistically, they have a few things in their favor right now as this Michigan defense is trending downwards. Yeah, Michigan is a team that can be had right now, and one thing we've seen from them is kind of erratic, but sometimes brilliant, sometimes not so brilliant play from their quarterback, Carly, and I know that's what you yeah. wanted to talk about. Jim Leonard this week mentioning that this guy's best plays are amazing, but then he'll go around and throw picks, so it's kind of hit or miss with him. Yeah, and we were cutting those highlights against Indiana last Saturday. Alec and I were, and he had some great throws, but then also some questionable throws, especially interceptions at the end where you're just like, what is this guy thinking? But then there's other throws that are jaw-dropping. So it'll be a fun game. A lot of comparisons to Cam Newton for Joe Milton. So let's take a look at his stats this year. He's averaging 300 passing yards per game. The big one, he's averaging th 34 rushing yards per game. So this Badger defense has to stay on their 
toes. He has four passing touchdowns this year, so not, not a lot. I mean, Graham Mertz has five passing touchdowns, and he's played in one game, and Joe Milton's played in three. Um, and then he has two interceptions, like I just talked about. So he, he def the decision-making is still a work in progress for him. Another big thing is he has a 60% completion percentage, which is actually eighth in the Big Ten. So once again, just inconsistent so far this year. And uh, yeah, a big game against Indiana, but also some costly mistakes. Um, in terms of Michigan's rushing offense, they have they only had 13 rushing yards against Indiana. So there is going to be a lot of pressure on Milton because the Badgers also have a really good rushing defense. So. You know, I'm looking to like Eric Burrell. He had a lot of three interceptions last year. So if the Badgers defense can get these turnovers, that seems to be, you know, the game changer for Wisconsin this week. Yeah, Joe Milton second in the Big Ten right now mm -hmm. in, in overall offensive output with 324 yards per game. So he's been he's been pretty good. Alec, I know you wanted to look at the other side of this game, though, in the Michigan defense, which is usually got some big time prospects sitting over on the other side of that football. Yeah, and that's kind of what Kendrick Pryor said earlier this week. Whenever you're playing Michigan, you know that their defense is pretty good and they are a OK defense. But in their last two games specifically, as I mentioned earlier, things are trending downwards overall on the season. Michigan allowing about 30 points per game, 89 total so far. And here's where they're trending downward. Now, last week against Indiana. Now, Indiana right now, they're off to a 3-0 start. They're ranked. But uh, the Hoosiers, 460 yards of total offense against Michigan in a 38-21 loss last week. Now, here's an interesting area here. The passing defense for Michigan. They rank 104 out of 123 teams right now in FBS. They've allowed over 300 yards through the air their past two games. They're a penalty-prone defense. Only one sack so far on the season. That was coming back in week one against the Gophers. Now here is some good news also for the Badgers. Their first and only game against Illinois. They didn't run the ball particularly well. Here's some stats for you in the run game with Michigan. Minnesota in week one, they rushed for 129 yards. Michigan State 126 in week two. And last week, Indiana comes in at the lowest amount of th through three games at 118. So that's about 125 yards per game average on the ground against this Michigan defense. So overall, offenses are moving the ball uh, Teams are, are having success on third down against Michigan. So right now, a lot of that spotlight on why Michigan is one and two is the struggles defensively. Yeah, this Michigan team, as I mentioned, it's a team that can be had. We still don't know how good like Indiana is. I mean, they maybe they are really good. So maybe maybe this Michigan defense isn't that bad. We're going to see what they look like. And we're going to talk about this game a little bit more later when we make our predictions here and give you a little bit more facts leading into this because this is going to be a tough one to predict here when we get to that and I'll tell you why here in a minute or two but I wanted to shift gears now and go to this Packers game Packers heavy favorites in this one by a couple of touchdowns we do not expect Jacksonville to come in and win of course hey stranger things have happened yes the Packers lost to the Vikings Alec go ahead and say it <laughs> that did How happen we kind of ignored that last week yeah. was it we wanted to focus on the San Francisco win mm -hmm. so yeah fast? look we always it's always about on to the next one <laughs> on to the next one Alec all right yeah. so uh look at it, this Packers game uh Carly since yeah. we kind of expect them to win kind of what mm -hmm. are you keeping an eye on though from more of a performance standpoint for the Packers yeah let's look at this Jags defense they're they're just not good I was gonna say so bad but maybe not good. You can be mean. But they're really bad. They're really there bad. You yeah. go. Um, so they're ranked 27th overall, 31st in points allowed, 28th against the pass, 27th against the run, which is huge because Aaron Jones and then Jamal Williams will hopefully be back in that tandem this week for the first time in a little while. They're 32nd in sacks, so they're 
the worst team in the league when it comes to sacking the quarterback, and then 29th in total turnovers. They have they're you know almost last in how many takeaways they've had this year. So. Just looking at those numbers, I think the Packers offense is going to run all over this defense on Sunday. And it's it's not a good defense for Jacksonville. Yeah. Also not exactly an amazing offense mm -hmm. either right now, Alec, as we look mm -hmm. at they're on to yet another quarterback, and um, a lot of people probably don't even know who this quarterback is. Yeah, yeah and uh, before we talk about the quarterback, though, for Jacksonville, I want to point something out. Jacksonville offensively, for a 1-7 and seven team, they have more, they've put up more yards per game. Here's three teams that they have more yards per game than right now. The Buccaneers, who are 6-3, and three, the Ravens, who are 6-2, and two, and the Steelers, who are 8-0. So I guess just going by that stat, this offense for the Jaguars isn't, wouldn't match, you could say, a team that is 1-7. But yes, under center, what happened to Minshew Mania? Gardner <laughs> Minshew, quarterback uh, for most of last season, had some success. Comes out this year. The Jaguars start 1-0 on the season. He gets hurt, though. Uh, week 7, he's still out this week with a sore thumb. Uh, so bring in Jake Luton, also a 6th round pick. Gardner Minshew was also a 6th round pick. Jake Luton, 6th round pick from this last year's draft out of Oregon State. Made his first career uh, start last week against Houston. Not a bad game. 26 of 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, a pick, and he spread the ball around to 7 different wide receivers. Now here's something interesting. The Jaguars, they make poor decisions on offense. I don't mean necessarily play-by-play, play, but with some of their personnel, some of the front office decisions. Alan Lazard and Tyler Irvin both spent time with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got cut by the Jaguars, and as we've seen, Alan Lazard has had success in Green Bay, and uh, uh, Tyler Irvin, I know he's in and out of the practice squad and things, but Swerve and Irv also spent time with the Jaguars. Here's another one. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. He also spent time with Jacksonville. They let him go. Matt LaFleur calls him up. He joins Green Bay and the Packers have had one of the top offenses the last two seasons. So some interesting moves by Jacksonville. As I said though, for a 1-7 team, their offense isn't quite as bad as you might think, but uh, sorry Jake Luton. He made his first career start last week. He'll try again this week against the Packers. And they don't have much of a run game either, though, at Jacksonville. So if Packers put a little pressure on Jake Luton, could be a pretty easy ball game. Hey, what about my boy James Robinson over my bad. there? My bad. You know, yeah, undrafted rookie at running back. That's uh, maybe the one element that against this Packers defense they're going to want to establish. The Packers defense, what, what I'm focused on, as you mentioned, it's a rookie quarterback. I want to see them get after the passer. I want to show you some stats here because the Smith brothers were a dominant addition last year, and that is what made this defense for the Packers so good. But look at the stats. We are, remember, exactly halfway through the season, so you would expect the Packers to be halfway to the marks of last season, but they are not. Now, the sacks numbers down, maybe not huge down, but they are down from that same pace that they were on last year. And you look at their 20th in the NFL right now. This is a defense that's kind of built around rushing the passer and that they they paid to get the Smiths on board and they drafted Rashawn Gary last year. This team was supposed to be able to get after the passer. They haven't. And that ties into the second number you see there. Just three interceptions this season. Last year they had 17. 17. They're on track to have, you know, less than a quarter, uh, a fifth of what they had last season. This is what they lived off of last season for the Green Bay Packers. Their great season from a win-loss standpoint was built around the defense, getting after the passer, forcing turnovers. That's what they did well. That hasn't been the case this year, and they need to start turning it around if they're going to want to get to where they want to go, which is to be 
perhaps the top seed in the NFC. Remember, they have a tie now for the record, best record in the NFC. They're going to need some turnovers because I think it's abundantly clear they're not going to suddenly find a way to stop the run. They're just not built that way. But they do have the pieces in place with the pass rushers I mentioned and with corners like Jair Alexander, Kevin King, uh, Adrian Amos in the back there, Darnell Savage. These guys should be able to force some turnovers and get after the passer. This is kind of a get-right moment for me when I'm watching this Packers team. I want to see this defense get two, three, four sacks in this game and force a turnover at least. Uh, that would make me feel better about the trend that this team is headed in because the schedule does ease up a little bit, as we mentioned uh, last week. So they are going to have a chance to maybe pad some of these stats moving forward, and I would like to see that if you're going to have confidence in them in the playoffs. I agree right. 100%. Now it's time for the hard part, prediction time. <laughs> All right, let's Carly's ready. Yeah, she ready. said she was born ready before we started this thing. So we're going to start with the Badgers game. Badgers, okay. four-and-a-half-point favorites. And that's interesting mm-hmm. because obviously Michigan is one and two, but mm-hmm. we have no idea who's playing for the Badgers. And let me throw this out, Carly, before you make your prediction. Paul Chris said this week all he would confirm is that it will be double-digit missing players, meaning 10-plus players on this roster. We don't know who won't be out there. Could be some key players We don't know who's stepping on that field. So how much confidence do you have that they can win by five or more points? Well, just to add on to that, Paul Christ, we're all focused on who's playing quarterback all week, and he's like, well, you know, there's a lot of other positions to worry about right now. Obviously, he's not going to get into it, but when when he's talking like that, it makes it seem like when guys get out there, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, they don't have their running backs or their receiver or whatever. We don't know who's going to be on the field. So because of that, and Lance just kind of set it up for me, Um, I think it's going to be a really close game, like a three-point game. So I do not think that Wisconsin will cover the spread. I I, I do like – I want to pick them to win this game, and that's because I think Graham Mertz is going to play, but um, I don't think they'll cover the spread. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite, actually. And why I say that is there's a lot of question marks with this game. Uh, The players that are out, we have a very small sample size, unfortunately, of what we've seen of Wisconsin against Illinois. Illinois is 0-3. So does that, was that a good litmus test for this Badgers team? Uh, and we heard earlier this week guys like Jack Sanborn, linebacker, saying you know he was doing push-ups in his apartment the last two weeks. Now you have to go play a Michigan team that has played three games, even though they've struggled. I think there's going to be some rust to shake off for this Badgers team. Unfortunately, I think Wisconsin goes 1-1 one one this week. I'm going to pick Michigan, and I think Michigan even covers the spread. Want, want. Yeah, so... I'll say this, you both basically uh, doubting the Badgers. And I'm going to say in Paul Christ we trust here (laughs) is what I'm going to say. All of what you said is completely valid. Uh, I do believe Graham Mertz is going to play, which is a big reason I'm making this selection. I think you're going to see the offense at, I mean, close to full strength because they will at least have their quarterback in place. And you just haven't seen enough from Michigan to make you scared of what's happening at Michigan. But there is a lot of question marks. It's the rust factor. It's who's going to play or not. I totally understand where you're coming from. But I'm going to just have faith that the Badgers and Paul Christ are going to find a way here knowing full well that there's a chance that both of what you said is going to happen. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go opposite, and I'm going to say the Badgers find a way to win this by five-plus points. All right, moving on to the Packer game. Huge spread here, 13 mm-hmm. and a half points. The oh, Packers are favored man. at home. These big ones are tough. I mean, mm-hmm. in the NFL, you, they don't get much bigger than that. So, Carly, Margaret, yeah. Rose. <laughs> I don't think you've said that. <laughs> is it going to be two now. touchdowns <laughs> or uh, more? Yes, I think if the Packers are Super Super Bowl contenders, like they talk like they are, they've got to close this game out by halftime. It has to be a blowout. I think they cover the spread and win by more than two scores. 
Okay, I have another stat for everybody. Are you ready? Okay, K Packer. So, uh, <laughs> since Jacksonville came into existence in 1995, now this doesn't necessarily determine a game, but they are 0 10 when playing in a game that was 55 degrees or colder. It's obviously going to be a little chillier than that, so I do think the Packers will win. But what was the spread? We got to say by 14. 13 and a half points. So they have to win by 14 or oh, more. Oh yeah. Oh man, two touchdowns. Now Jacksonville's had some close games. They only they've only had like two or three double digit losses. Ah. All right, I'll do it. I'll say the Packers <laughs> that they, they will win, and I, it'll be by two touchdowns, which that sounds crazy, but yeah, I'll do it. Come I'll on, take the, the Jags bait. are tanking, aren't they? I feel yeah, like I yeah. should go opposite you two, but uh, again, it's the if Gardner Minshew was playing in this game, I'd actually have more confidence. Even though Jake Luton looked okay last week, I just I don't have a ton of confidence that Jacksonville is going to be able to keep up. We mentioned their defense is no good. So I'll say, you know what, the Packers pour it on again for a second straight week here against a lesser opponent. They put a bunch of points on the board and they cover that 13 and a half point spread. And that's what we think. What do you think? By the way, you can always join us here uh, on the Facebook Live. You can comment. Uh, we had a few kind of just hellos, if you will. So I forgot the anybody poll on question. there. Yeah, no poll question this My week. <laughs> we do want to mention that that Badger game tomorrow night, 6.30. That'll be Saturday night at 6.30. You'll be able to watch that game, guess what? On ABC, we are going to have that game coming up for you. 6.30 Saturday, you can watch that. As for tonight, which is Friday night, you're going to watch uh, week one of the high school football playoffs. New format. It's a kind of a plus two format. You get to play two games. So a lot of teams are broken into four team pods, and we'll see who wins week one. We'll have that in the end zone coming up tonight at 10 o'clock. For now, though, we're going to say, Goodbye to the folks here on Sports Extra. We hope you all have a good weekend. Say goodbye, Alec and Carly. Good night. Bye.